I don't really know what I'm doing. Emily. I, I just, don't really yeah, know what I'm yeah, doing either. That's good. We're in this. We're in this. Adventure you're faking together. it really well, though. I gotta say, like it seems like you and your whole crew yeah. know what they're doing. Oh, we just we just picked this stuff up as we drove into town. We have no oh, idea really? Use any of it. Did you pick them up too? Yeah, I don't know these guys <laughs> at all. <laughs> Welcome to Car Wash, the podcast, your source for real stories and real business insights from the experts, both in and out of the car wash industry. So put it in neutral, feed off the brakes, and take your hands off the steering wheel. Here is your guide on this journey, Car Wash Magazine Editor-in-Chief, Matt DeWolf. Hey everybody, welcome to this episode of Car Wash the Podcast. I'm your host, Matt DeWolf, editor-in-chief of Car Wash Magazine, and your host on this adventure. And this is the podcast that makes you a better car washer and a slightly better human being. This is the first episode of season three of our show, and it's one we're very excited to present to you. We're telling you the story of Gleam Car Wash in Denver and its founder and CEO, Emily Barada. This first installment of season three is in two parts. In part one, we're going to focus on Emily and her story and her experiences building the car wash. And next week in part two, we'll hear more voices from Gleam telling us about their inclusive hiring practices, maintaining Gleam as the greenest car wash in the nation, and their work in the community, making it about much more than just washing cars. So without further ado, here is part one, right after we thank our sponsor, Amplify Car Wash Advisors. Amplify Car Wash Advisors is a full-service car wash advisory firm formed by industry veterans Bill Martin and Jeff Pavone. With a mission to create wealth for their clients, Amplify takes a unique approach to what can be a complicated and emotional experience. Whether you're looking to sell, partner, or grow, Amplify has you covered. It's a Wall Street process with a personal touch. Tell me a little bit, Emily, about um, kind of your path to this industry. How did you end up in car washing? Okay. So um, if I'm honest, I got into car washing by accident. I was in commercial real estate development for about 15 years, and I loved it. It was interesting. Um, and then I hit a glass ceiling. So I started my own real estate development company, Turnbuckle Development, and Gleam was the first big project that we did. So I was moving from large projects, institutional debt and equity, working for firms to smaller stuff. So okay. $100 million projects down to like five to 15. Um, and when you do, when you're a small real estate development company, as small any company, you're nimble. Yeah. And you have to sort of see what, see the holes in the market and try to fill those holes when larger sort of uh, more lumbering companies can't. So I had a neighbor actually who said, who's complaining that there wasn't a car wash in our neighborhood because I actually live in the same neighborhood oh, that Clean okay. is in. All right. Um, and I had not noticed this. This had escaped my notice that we were short a car wash in the area. But I looked into it and it was true. Um, we didn't have any car washes anywhere close, actually, um, that weren't self-serve. And so I thought, okay, well, let's try this. So I did a bunch of diligence, which I researched car washing and I decided this, this could be a good use. It could be profitable. Yep. Um, and it could actually sort of like help fuel other small projects that I would be working on over time. I had no intention of running the car wash. Um, I knew I would be heavily involved and I sure. knew it would be a lot of work. Yeah. So I wasn't confused on that point, but the 
person that I had working with me who was going to run the car wash, it didn't work out. And so when you're sort of on the hook, you've raised all the debt, you've raised all the equity, you're the guarantor for the loans, then you have to step up. Yep. And so I think about four years ago, I got really involved and I've been running it with a colleague ever since. And so I was I was very lucky in some respects <laughs> that I had a couple of people around me who were there to help me because yeah. uh, it would have been exponentially worse. <laughs> no, no. And it was really quite challenging. Talk me through kind of what your journey has been like in these last six years as you you open the wash, it's now here. You think it's working, right? But then what have you kind of learned along the way? Like what's kind of surprised you? Oh my gosh. <laughs> Everything's probably a little bit surprising. <laughs> I don't really yeah. even know where to start yeah. with that one. Um, I knew it was going to be complicated and yeah. a lot of work. And it really annoys me when people sort of assume that I didn't know that. But it 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 was really exponentially harder than I thought. Yeah. Because you're managing, we have 40 employees. And we have um, a very diverse workforce. So that's one thing. Um, we have a 140 foot long tunnel. Yep. And so it is, you know, basically a huge robot that <laughs> is controlled by sort of a crotchety <laughs> point of sale system. And then you are constantly interacting with the public. Yes. And we'll, we'll wash anywhere from, you know, 100 cars on a day when it's really actively snowing and no one's washing their car right. to 900 cars if there have been like two snowstorms and it's sunny and the roads are dry and everyone and their mother wants to come get a car wash. So you have the public and the employees and then the IT and then actually just the, the mechanical piece of it. Yeah. I guess the thing that might, that, that has surprised me the most is how emotional people are about their vehicles. Okay. And, okay. and sometimes they don't even understand that they're emotional, but they are, they all have like a, a serious love or hate relationship with their car. <laughs> and somehow you as the innocent car washer are drawn into the drama, Yeah. whether you like it or not. That's kind of funny. Yeah. I mean, you do see, uh, I mean, look, it's people's second biggest investment, right? Jenny? Right. So there, yes. I can kind of get it, but there are some, there, there are some passionate individuals and we've been to some washes where things go pretty south pretty quick. Yes. Talk to me about how um, how you navigated all of those different things, right? So like, how do you like put on your employee hat and then how do you put on, I'm gonna be IT today and I'm gonna be customer facing, knowing that they're gonna be like all over the place and you have like, you're wearing seven hats all at the same time. That's a really good question. Um, <laughs> so hopefully you have help. Yeah. Um, and so I have a, a good friend who came in to actually help me manage all of this okay. because there were huge deficits in my knowledge base. Like nothing I had done prepared me really for car washing, not IT wise, not dealing with the public wise, not even really dealing with the, the HR aspect. And so you can't actually learn all of that at the same time. Yeah. Um, but you just, so you sort of have to like fumble your way through and prioritize. So you have to sort of feel, figure out like, well, what's the weakest link and let's go after that now. Yeah. Oh, okay. Like the tunnel isn't breaking down all the time. So that's good. So we can wash cars. Yes. Yay. All right. <laughs> we so, can make money. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So then next we're going to focus on our employee sort of systems and the stratification and how we're going to make this a good place to work. Yeah. And so that we can put out a reliable product um, that people want. So they'll come back. And that took a long time. What did it feel like for you? when you got from ideation, hey, maybe I should open a car wash, I should do this thing, to, oh my gosh, it's working. 
it's happening. Like we're making money. People are having a good time at work. Like, tell me about how that felt. So we've kind of hit our stride pretty recently. Yeah. So taking over sort of two years into the trajectory was an interesting challenge because it was like running a startup and turning around a business all at the same time. Mm, fascinating. Because you still had to be putting out a product, be paying people, be doing all those basic fundamentals while putting into place structures and systems that didn't exist. So I could say it feels really good yeah. to be where we are now, but I almost don't believe in it. <laughs> like I don't want to get I don't want to get too too excited about it until it's been longer that, that we feel really stable. Yeah, yeah. You want to be you want to be like in the stride for like 400 meters, not for like the yes. 100 meter sprint. Yes. Yeah, exactly. I get that. I get that. That's fun. Um, well, I want to I want to back up a little bit into a little bit of what you were just talking about, which you were talking about how you had some really hard moments, right? And like uh -huh. you're on the side of the road, <laughs> you're you're just Crying. you're just done. You're just you've had enough. But like as a like, how do you come back from that, right? How do you say, okay, it's okay, we're gonna be good. I got this. Let's go. You have to. I had guaranteed the loan. I had opened this business. And I needed it to be a success. Yeah. And I was lucky enough to have a few people around me that I trusted to help, but it was really hard. And honestly, if I could have quit, I would have quit, I think. <laughs> like if I'm being perfectly frank, you have to get up off the curb <laughs> yeah. and you have to go back to your car wash yeah. and you have to smile yeah. and you have to figure out how you're going to navigate that particular situation. How are you going to get the tunnel back up and running? Yeah. Are you going to communicate to all of the people that are coming to get their car washed before Christmas. How do you convince people that it will be back up and running? They just need to give you some time. Yeah. Um, and then equally importantly, you have to, once you're up and running, however, like whatever that looks like, then you have to understand what went wrong and do your very best to make sure it doesn't happen again. Yeah. Um, because there will be different things that will go wrong. But if you don't learn from those mistakes, then you're not going to succeed. Right. You're, you're not going to have that moment where you're like, oh, I can breathe. Well, okay, so you feel like you've hit your stride a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, you feel like everything's going pretty well. Yep. How do you how do you then make sure that you stay on that path, right? Like, how do you maintain and continue to grow so that you don't end up on the curve? Right. Um, so that's where your team comes in. Yeah. And you, it's really hard to attract a team when you are essentially like a brand new business, mm -hmm. especially strangely, a brand new business has been open for a couple of years. It was just not very well run. Yeah. Um, but as you put those pieces in place and people can understand what's expected of them on the day to day and they have reliable systems, then you can start to assemble a team because that's a place where people want to work. Yeah. Um, if you're a place where no one really knows what to expect, it's hard to get talent. It's hard to retain that talent. So one thing that feels really good is that we have a, a really good team right now and, yeah. and they like working here. Um, they help improve working here. They have good ideas yep. um, and we activate those ideas. So we make it an empowering place to work. So I think that's, that's really like, and everyone always says this and it sounds so trite, mm -hmm. but really if you have teams that can continue to sort of grow and build, then, then you've got a business. Yeah. Well, that, I mean, you know, there's one of these um, self-help business book, mantras yes. out there right that is like focus on the who not the how right yeah. so uh, as you're trying to figure out growing your business or tackling all these challenges instead of thinking about how can i fix it right 
who can help me fix it? Who can get me there? Who can make me uh, get more customers on the lot, right? Mm -hmm. I, I, I love that concept, and especially as it relates to car washing, because from an entrepreneurial perspective, you want to figure out, I'm going to figure it out. I'm gonna, how do I do this? Right. How, how, how? Right. But to get that space so that you can do what you do best, you really do need to focus on who. Oh, absolutely. And, and in a weird way, like this... No. This is a great place to point out. Car washes are noisy. You might hear some people and some machinery in the background. In a weird, so in a weird way, this actually works to your advantage. Like being someone like me who didn't have a lot of the experience, I, I had to look elsewhere for yeah. help, um, and I had to be willing to be flexible, um, to be tolerant. I, I I knew I desperately needed help. Yeah. Like there's there's no way I'm going to be able to go in and fix the tunnel. Like. I mean, sometimes it's literally six foot tall men whacking things with two by fours, <laughs> the strength I will never have to actually get pieces of the tunnel back in action. Like, I'm just never going to be able to do that. Yeah. So um, and in my previous life, I was a, a real estate developer and developers are kind of like um, movie directors Okay. in that they don't really have a lot of skills, <laughs> but they have a vision Yeah. and then they they are aware of of other people who have those skills and how they could come onto the team and help create something real, like a, a very complicated building, for example. Yeah. So that's probably the only skill I had coming into this was a, okay, I'm going to be able to identify who has the skills that I desperately need to yeah. help make this place run. It still takes time to assemble that team. But I, I do think um, as an entrepreneur, if you don't recognize that you can't do it all, you probably won't succeed. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, a, it's like the most surefire way to fail. Yeah, well, you're exhausted. Yeah. And also, no one human being has all of those skills. Right. It is not a possibility. Yeah, it turns out there are things that we are all uh, inherently gifted with. Yep. That we should do more of that thing. Yep. And less of the other thing that just yeah. like uh, eating up time. Right. Right? Yep. <laughs> um, so let's lean in a little bit to uh, something that you kind of alluded to, right? So uh, you were talking about how you would never have the strength to stand in the <laughs> stand in the tunnel and, and bash the equipment with two by fours to, to fix it, right? Um, Incidentally, that happened recently. Okay, good. Okay, okay so that, that wasn't a, just a real, random that's a anecdote. Real story, yeah. Yes, it is. <laughs> Let's talk about being a woman in this industry. Okay. okay. So at the end of this interview with Emily, we spent a good while talking about perspective on the car wash industry as a woman. And she told me that being a woman in the car wash space wasn't even a consideration for her because when she started, she never planned to run Gleam. She made some comparisons to her experience as a developer and offered some thoughts on why there were more men than women in the space. Later in the day, though, we were still on site doing some interviews and checking out the wash, and she said she had some time to think and wanted to correct a few things. I mean, so, I could even start, I could be like, you asked me about women in car washing, and I flubbed it. <laughs> so not being afraid to be wrong. <laughs> so we sat down again. I think you actually have to start the conversation by looking at your demographics and yeah. if you if women are underrepresented or people of color are underrepresented like you should ask yourself why yeah. and you can't you can't make progress if you don't identify the problem or the issue um i think once you start to make progress then hopefully it becomes less important because it becomes more of an equal opportunity yeah playing field and then it really is less of an issue and then it becomes it doesn't matter like where you come from or what your gender is, it does really matter, like how well you're doing. But until you have that kind of representation, yeah. you have to, uh, that's that's a problem. And and I do think too, it means that you like as an industry aren't serving your client base as well because 
study after study has indicated that when you have a diverse board, for example, yes, like businesses tend to do better. Yep. Yeah. It is strange how like girls are not as drawn to work at a car wash as boys are. Like we have lots of high school boys that want to come work here. But it's also weird because half, if not more, of our customer base is female. Yeah. And women take better care of their cars statistically. But we've had some standout girls yeah. um, as well. And so I think just trying to do collectively our best to nurture that because car washing is a profitable business. Yeah. It, it can be. Yeah. It can, it it can right, make yeah. you or break you, yeah. right? Like you either do it right and you figure it out and it's good or you crash and burn. Yeah. Um, but it would be really good to see more women rising into that sort of like ownership or top tier level because those are super high paying jobs yeah. and they're great opportunities for mentorship, but does feel like there are not as many opportunities for women because you don't see as many women. And when you do, they're in marketing. Right. You yeah. Know? Yeah. It's, it's more traditional soft skill sort right. of a role, right? Yeah. They're, they're the bookkeepers and the accountants. And so you don't really see them sort of like running the bay. Yeah. Um, it's, it's tricky because if there are more women in it, yeah. then more women will feel like it's something that they can do. Yeah. Can you just share maybe like a little bit of your take on like, what do we need to get better at? How can we set this industry up to be a more welcoming place or be an environment that encourages women to come in and take positions of leadership and see themselves represented? Now, I, I think you have a pretty interesting theory on this whole thing in terms of like why that's not easier for women to do psychologically. Can you just kind of talk about how you approach this and what you think in terms of that struggle to kind of like be comfortable in just going and doing and taking the risk? Well, I have a theory. And the theory is that men are more willing to be wrong mm. and then to persevere despite being egregiously wrong. And that women get intimidated by the potential to be wrong. And then if you're wrong, we sort of stop. Yeah. Um, and it, it's just sort of an arresting moment. And so one thing I have been thinking about is how we can encourage ourselves because everyone's going to be wrong in life. Yeah. And maybe one of the reasons why men aren't afraid is because half the time they don't even realize that they're wrong <laughs> and they just keep going. But women are blessed with the knowledge that they were actually incorrect and it, it gives them pause. So I think we could encourage ourselves to and each other to just be wrong and move forward through it and learn from it and know that you're going to be wrong again and that you're actually not going to know everything, you're going to be in the position where you have to order people around potentially doing things that you don't know how to do even, but you know have to get done. And so to kind of take that extra, just push yourself, keep pushing yourself. Well, I think the, the flip side of that, right, is like as a male in the industry, you need to be more intentional and more mindful of maybe where that woman in the industry is coming from, right? Mm -hmm. and, and, and instead of saying, uh, oh, I'm just going to go do the thing I always do, and I'm going to go out there and I'm going to you know break stuff and and we'll fix it later. <laughs> right. Being mindful, of like, well, how can I help make sure that I'm thinking about where you're coming at it from? How do we, how do I encourage you to be comfortable taking those risks? And how do you make this an, an environment that is really like safe and psychologically safe to take those risks? I mean, I think we have as males in this industry so much more responsibility to to, to do our parts, right? And I think that it's it's super unfair that that we've been in this position forever. We do make lots of mistakes, but mm -hmm. we've always been encouraged that that's fine. And that's, that's a part natural of the behavior, process. right? Yeah. Whereas in, from a woman's perspective, you have work on that. Yeah. And that's not fair. <laughs> it's, it's not fair. And I think you, I think we don't encourage ourselves. We don't get that kind of encouragement enough. And sometimes it's as simple as like, 
let's go fix a pipe that broke in the, the bay. And I'm going to actually have you do it. Yep. Oh, and it didn't go well. That's okay. Yeah, let's it's do it fine. Again. Let's just let's just do it again because you know you as the as maybe the guy in this instance you fixed like fifteen of these or fifteen thousand of them, but no one actually gave us the drill and said, okay, so just here are your goggles and this is going to go badly and it's it's okay. Yeah. Yeah, you're going to smell bad at the end of this. Yeah, and it's oh be my fine. gosh. <laughs> I have smelled so bad at the end of some of these days. <laughs> well, okay. So maybe like from an advice perspective, right? Mm -hmm. um, I was talking about males needing to be more encouraging. What are some ways that you think, um, or maybe maybe an, ex an experience that you've had where you've run into it, where it could have been shifted, right? And like you could have, you would have felt more encouraged to do X if Y. Is there a, a case that you can think of? Well, it was really tough raising the debt and the equity for this mm. project. And you get no after no after no when you know that uh, a, a male in the same position would have gotten yeses. Oh, this is a great idea, even though you have no car washing experience. And so this gets to sort of a larger overarching theme that's not specific to car washing, but car washing is a good example, yeah. in part because car washing is so capital intensive. So men control a disproportionate amount of wealth in the country, mm -hmm. everywhere. Yeah. And that's just true. And so what would be very helpful is if they could encourage women to think about starting businesses and then be willing to not just invest in the businesses, but then support it in all of these ancillary ways that sometimes can be uncomfortable, like mm. guaranteeing a loan. Yeah. Um, I have an uncle who guaranteed, co-guaranteed a loan um, for this car wash. and. I had lined it up so that I was going to get the car wash done even before that happened, but that really made the lenders feel so much better. And so it's it's just it's important to participate, not just to encourage, but to participate, and then to be willing to say like, oh gosh, you know this this isn't as profitable as as we all thought it would be, but yeah. maybe it will be. And 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 Gleam is a great example of that. We got off to a steady slow start, and we're doing great. I think bias is one of those things that is so yes. hard. Yeah, because you, you may not be aware that you are biased. Yeah, but we all are. Yes. In everything. And I can tell you <laughs> that when you point it out to people, they don't always take it very well. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's part of the conversation though, right? Is like, how can, how can you have a space where it's okay to say, hey, uh, Matt, you know what? You were explaining that to me in a way that made me uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. Uh, I would have been more receptive had we just like worked on it together. What if we just right. did that? And then to not really be angry about it. Yeah. To have that be sort of like a totally honest and then have you say, oh man, you're right. Yeah. Oh, Are yep. you going to do that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you have three kids. You yeah. have ample opportunity to mess up and yeah. succeed. Yeah. I, I feel like most days we fail more than we win, but yeah. that's okay. Yeah. Because that's how we learn. Yeah. And that's how you build car washes. <laughs> <laughs> Car Wash the Podcast is your source for real stories and real business insights from the experts, both in and out of the car wash industry. Our show helps investors, owners, operators, and managers think about ways to enhance their business. Our podcast is a free on-demand audio program that provides information on the latest trends impacting the industry, tips from successful industry leaders, and inspiration for our listeners.